30, 35, 40, he's in the field, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 69th episode of the podcast on September 5th, 2014. The jersey number 69, most famously worn by Mark Schlereth, who was a guard, most notably during the Broncos back-to-back Super Bowl era, currently an ESPN analyst for football. Uh, 69, also worn by Jared Allen, used to play you know, defensive end for years with the Minnesota Vikings, now with the Chicago Bears, and Jared Allen has a website called jaredallen69inc.com, as in ink is incorporated, not ink as in tattoo. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, Joel, how are you doing? Good. Uh, got a little late on the podcast, was going for a run, and it is hot out there. Um, it is hot. I mean, we're, we're in September, summer should be dying down, but I don't know, at least here in Michigan, it wasn't as warm of a summer, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm sure that there's plenty of uh, football players all over the place who are happy that it wasn't as hot. Mm, so, absolutely. you know, today you've got college teams running through their walkthroughs and NFL teams doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's Finally week, here. It's week one coming up here of the NFL season. We had the uh, the. First game on Thursday night, the kickoff game. We'll get to talking about that very soon in our quick hits. Uh, then we're in the second week of college football. We're right in the thick of it, doing our weekly episodes again with predictions at showmeyournews.com slash forum with the friendliest community on the net with the Show Me News Network. You're going to put in your predictions for these games, kind of compete against each other. Some good, you know, fun wagering here and there. Nothing too much on the line, just reputation. Yeah. That's all. Uh, well, as we say, starting the quick hits, uh, we had Tony Stewart, the NASCAR driver, who a few weeks ago we did not mention how he was involved in a, a terrible accident uh, where he was racing not on the NASCAR circuit, but you know some of these off circuits because guess he's a racing guy and it's his blood and he's got to keep going. So he bumped in this driver named Kevin Ward Jr. Uh, Kevin Ward spinning off the track, gets out of his vehicle, goes onto the track, walks, and he's, he's pointing. At Tony Stewart's car, because I don't, I don't know why. I think that's the least logical part about it. Uh, Tony Stewart, whether he meant to or not, hits him. Uh, it's still being investigated. Whether charges are going to be brought up, and he's saying, you know, Tony Stewart's saying it's a terrible incident, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, the news story finally returned to the Sprint Cup circuit. I think there's still one more race left to go before they do the chase for the cup. He isn't in contention for that chase unless he wins uh, that last race, but he returned. A few weeks later, uh, the whole story, Joel, just very sad. Yeah, um, like you, you kind of wondered when exactly he was going to come back from that, and still, like you, you, you got to think that uh, it's going to affect how he, you know, his driving hmm. probably for the rest of his career. Because yeah. there's really like you know, there's so, somebody's gone now, and it's you were part of the thing. And, and you, you can talk about you know, whether or not, like, obviously no one should be walking on the track. It's right. crazy and stuff. But 
it happened you can't really change it and i don't know it's just it's really terrible thing. no he, he shouldn't have even you know tried to get close in the first place to scare him or whatever the reason was uh just really you know sad series of events uh but you know it, it certainly made nascar news for a while that's for sure Baseball has about less than a month left in its season. And so the standings uh, currently have changed, certainly, since the All-Star break. Baltimore has expanded their league in the AL East. They have the second-best record in all of baseball. That's amazing, if you ask me. So they're right now up you know, nine and a half games on the Yankees. Uh, the Central in the AL... The Detroit Tigers are the home team where I'm at, so following them closely. Uh, you're having Justin Verlander with the worst season of his career. You're having Miguel Cabrera with the worst season of his career. Uh, <clears throat> terrible time for that to happen for each of them. And, you know, the pitching staff has been relatively good, but you have a, a bad bullpen. It It could be a colossal collapse. The team right now is... In the second place uh, wild card standing by half a game over Seattle, with uh, Oakland being the other one. We'll get to that in a little bit here. But Kansas City right now, game lead on Detroit. And there have been for years, you know, Kansas City, like, oh, they're going to turn around. They have young talent. They're going to, you know, finally do something this year. And this year, they're, they're starting to put it together. But it's, if you think about it, it's kind of like Detroit is having a very down year, and it's they're, they're right now at around 50% chance to make the playoffs. That's crazy if you think the 27 and 12 start they got off to at the beginning of the year and Kansas City is playing <laughs> above you know what the expectations were so it's kind of eating itself out I mean what do you make of all that well I mean did you say it's a half a game lead? it's a one game lead for Kansas City okay um yeah I mean the thing is they're at least like making the the most of you know even if Detroit is having a down year it's they're they're still finding a way to be in that first position whether or not that holds or not i don't know i mean do you, do you feel confident about that do you think that kansas city will stay in that position or do you think detroit will get out of the slump with they in i i think that detroit may pull it out in the end uh, you know kansas city has been winning a lot of their games by like one run they have a very strong bullpen i'll give them that but well again then again you also saw baltimore last year who had this remarkable record in one run games. So I guess it is possible to keep it going, but at the same time, as a Detroit fan, I have to say like the water has to level sometime or, or another. But at the same time it is very difficult to watch this team. Uh it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle <laughs> to watch them get shut out seven to nothing by the Cleveland Indians. And then last night they're going with the Indians four four in extra innings, but then they put on seven runs randomly in the eleventh inning. Like it it makes no sense what's happening with the team. It's very frustrating to watch, and even if they make it to the playoffs, they're certainly not going as far when World Series or bust was the MO going into the year. Yeah. So. But what about the Angels? The Angels have been on tear. We thought Oakland was you know, the best team in the AL, and you know, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have been matching up with the Oakland Athletics, and they have been winning these games. Five-game lead for the Angels... Uh, Oakland is at the top spot in the wild card, but by a couple games, maybe. Yeah, uh, it's it's really close. It's, yeah, by a couple games. I don't know. I, I th- and there was so, like so much talk about Oakland, mm. 
in, in the preseason, it seemed. Yeah. Um, you didn't see, you didn't hear like nearly as much about L.A. Right. Well, I mean, you have to think L.A. would have done better than they did last year. They, last year was a very disappointing season for them, mm-hmm. but they had to have done better. That's that's for sure. So yeah. we'll see if that continues. They right now have the best record in all of baseball mm-hmm. at eighty four and fifty five. That's remarkable. Also remarkable is the Nationals pulling ahead in the National League East, leaving leaving the Braves by seven games. Uh, very impressive. And it hasn't really seemed to be, you know, the pitching staff or anything like that because they used to have like a very strong staff. But it seems to be just like a consistent team effort, and they're really doing a great job. Um, in the Central, though, that's more your expertise. And what's what's the uh, the feeling with the Pittsburgh Pirates right now this year? I mean, they're keeping a few games ahead of a five hundred. It'd be big to yeah. have back to back years. I, I think that that's uh, like more the realistic goal that all the the fans want them to accomplish mm. uh just don't like completely collapse at the end of the right. season um but uh i don't know it's it's right now it's almost more about like what the teams around them are doing that i i paying more attention to uh i don't i don't know it's it's like it <laughs> it's almost like a lock every year the st louis is going to <laughs> To, like, to be there, a good it's team, just, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, in in that way, it's kind of boring to watch right. that conference because it, it's just like, well, you know, the Pirates come out and have the best year that they possibly can have, and they still might not even come <laughs> close to them. So, uh, I don't know. You know, if Pittsburgh can't finish like really strong, it'd be nice to see Milwaukee steal that lead. Interesting, I think. But Interesting. I don't really think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because you have, you know, Atlanta and San Francisco. Actually, San Francisco in front of Atlanta there for the two wild card spots. Mm-hmm. But Milwaukee's tied with Atlanta for that second spot, and then Pittsburgh a game and a half back there. So still entirely possible for Pittsburgh to nab a a wild card spot. Again, you know, you have about twenty or so games left in the year. It's yeah. it's possible, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then the Dodgers a couple games up on. The Giants out west. So, very interesting. Uh, the first team became mathematically eliminated for the playoffs. That's the Texas Rangers. And uh, Ron Washington, their manager, just resigned actually about an hour ago due to a personal matter. So, uh, it seems that era is over, and that's really surprising. Because for years you had Texas as a very strong team, and then suddenly they weren't this year. The injuries definitely play a part in that. Yeah. Hmm. The NFL has started, as we said earlier. Uh, the Seahawks and the sorry, the world champion Seattle Seahawks playing host to the Green Bay Packers on the NFL kickoff game. What did you make about that game last night, Joel? I mean, the Seahawks showed that they, you know, kind of kind of left started off where they left off last season. Uh, I think m- more so than anything else, the like, we expect their defense to be pretty good. You know, I mean, they they shut down a lot of really great offenses last year. Um, yeah. But the Legion of Boom and secondary. It, yeah, the question with them it, it has always been, you know, can Russell Wilson, you know, c- can he put together a good enough game to can he get the ball to their play because they got a lot of really you know great playmakers on their team just can he get mm-hmm. the ball to them yeah 
And it it, it kind of ended off the year with him playing about as well as he could. <laughs> and um, same kind of thing here. I mean, their defense did their job, you know, limited what Aaron Rodgers could do. Um, kind of surprisingly, like I was surprised that they held him under 200 yards passing. Mm, yeah. My brother has Aaron Rodgers on his fantasy team. He was not pleased with I'm that. I'm sure that so. I'm sure a ton of people have him on their fantasy <laughs> team and were very unhappy with that. Um, and uh, I, I, I just, I think that there's still one of those defenses that, you know, in the front, in the middle, and you know, in the secondary, just so solid all around. And then if they can score on you, it's like if you can't keep up with them, I don't really know what to do. Mm. They can run the ball, uh, and I, I think if they can run the ball on anybody, I don't. They're gonna they're not gonna really have as much trouble with any team this year, and that's where it starts. Yeah, it's on the line. I mean, Russell Wilson continues to make great plays. He has Percy Harvin back, who's not injured this year. And speaking of injuries, you never know what can happen. I mean, Packers, you know, lost uh, the the running back from Alabama. Why am I blanking on his name? Um, to a concussion. Yeah. That's going to bother me. Um, and then their offensive lineman, Balaga, sprained an MCL. So, like, it's, it's a tough, tough, you know, series of events when you have injuries. Yeah. Hmm. Considering last year with them, it's, I'd say that they're probably just happy that Aaron Rodgers is still okay. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. But, no, I mean, the Seahawks are out of the Packers, you know, 36-16. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's they were very impressive, that's for sure. But speaking of the NFL, let's get to our season predictions for 2014. Yeah, we're a little behind, I suppose, with the first game already started. But we're as long as we're ahead of Week One and on Sunday, I think I think we're good. So let's go through. Essentially, we're gonna kind of just run through our playoff seedings, our Coach of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, MVP, Super Bowl matchup. Who wins the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP? In the NFC last year, you had the Seattle Seahawks at the first seed, Carolina Panthers winning the South with the second seed, Philadelphia Eagles winning the East with the third seed, and the Green Bay Packers winning the East with the fourth seed. Your two wild cards were San Francisco at five, and then New Orleans at six. Joel, your NFC playoff order for this year. Uh, predictions, predictions, predictions. Um, I mean, it's going to be a little bit different, um, but in some ways kind of the same. Um, I have the Seahawks with the one seed coming out of the... Oh, my gosh. The... Um, oh, why can't I... The West. The West. Of course. <laughs> that's where they're geographically located. Um <laughs> Then I have New Orleans as my number two seed. Um, mm. I uh, I think they're going to be uh, much better. And the the other thing is that there was a lot of um, change in free agency free agency that happened with the Panthers this year, mm-hmm. this off season. And I don't think it was for the better. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I just kind of think that. When the when the Panthers aren't there, and it, you know if Atlanta doesn't improve as much as they they really need to, um, then I think New Orleans is kind of just going to take over. 
Yeah, you don't see Tampa Bay doing much of anything? Um, not this year, I don't think. Yeah. Um, First year I, under Lovey Smith. Yeah, I think, I think that that's kind of uh, a thing that could develop into, uh, you know, returning to the playoffs, but uh, not quite yet. Um, and then, <laughs> you know... The other team would just play. I, I have the Packers as the three seed. I, um, I, you know, I made that decision before the game the other night, but I think I'm still going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks are really good, so like I, I don't really have a problem with that. And I mean, again, it's early in the year; things are going to change. People aren't going to hold Aaron Rodgers to that. Don't you don't have to trade him. He's he's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> um. And uh, then with the four seed, I have the Eagles. Um, I don't know. I just like I liked a lot of what I saw in the preseason from them. Um, and I feel like if they can do offensively what um, what their coach wants to do, um, and they they've picked up a lot more defensive talent through trades and stuff. So. Mm. Um, and also, it's kind of a refle- reflection of that division, where I'm just really unsure about a lot of teams in that division. Yeah. Um, and as we've seen in the past, like if if you have a poor division, sometimes you don't even have to be, you know, you you don't necessarily have to be the fourth best team in the NFC. You kind of just fall there because your record might be good. Absolutely, it's a pretty weak division. Yeah, outside of Philly, and, so. and then you know we go back to like tough divisions. I have I have the Niners falling in as fifth seed again. Okay. Um, you know, and I I don't necessarily think I, I think if that if they did the playoffs in a different way, I don't think they would be a five seed. I think that mm-hmm. they're better than that anyway. If they if they were in the AFC, I think they'd have much better seeding. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. And then um, for my final team, for my final wild card, I, I think I'm going to go with Chicago. Okay. Um, and that's more of just a guess, I think, <laughs> more than anything else, because you could put a number of teams there, and I would be like, I'm fine with that because I don't really know much about them. So. Okay. My... NFC playoff order goes as follows. Number one, I have New Orleans. I think it's a big year for them. I think, you know, the second year with Sean Payton back, you know, all the injuries coming back, I think, you know, the defense plays really well at home. I think they have a big year. And I think followed up with number two, I think you have Seattle up there. Very, very strong team. Um, They really, really get motivated at home. I mean, it's now 16-1 in the past two and a game. Two seasons plus Notice a game. that both those teams are really good at home. They are amazing at home. So I think you know that's going to benefit them uh, to have those higher seeds for sure. Mm-hmm. Number three, Philadelphia. I agree. I think they, they win the East handily. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that the other teams are bad, but they're, they're not as strong. And they all have their flaws. So Seattle, the, or sorry, the Philadelphia, the second year under Chip Kelly. And he's bringing Oregon players in there. Uh, watch out for the speed this year. Number four, I have Detroit winning the North. All right. I think the offense is going to be very good this year. Defense, bit of a struggle. But I think it's going to be very close with Green Bay, who I have as the fifth seed, one of the wild card teams. I think 
Detroit beats Green Bay on something like a tiebreaker. Both of them around nine and seven, uh, and so one of them, you know, gets the division. One of them gets the wild card, and I think St. Louis slips in there at number six. I really like the strength of both of their lines. I think that's where it starts. I know Sam Bradford out the year of the ACL. Sean Hill's a pretty decent backup quarterback. Uh, he played rather well for the Detroit Lions when Matt Stafford was down with injury. I think all he has to do is just manage the game. And you know the strength of the Lions is going to help. You'll have some of the, uh, the weapons like Tavon Austin from last year who's going to continue to have a very good year, I think, for St. Louis. And they'll get into the playoffs. On the AFC, it's, uh, things are a little more interesting in that you know some powers stay the same. And what are the surprises? So, number one, I have Denver. Uh, I think you know they've only retooled their defense has gotten stronger. <laughs> I know, shocker, shocks the world, shocking. Uh, two, I have Cincinnati. I think you know Andy Dalton plays a little more motivated with the contract he just got. The you know injuries on defense that should have them play a lot better. They just need to watch the the first playoff or that playoff game. From yeah, you, you can't get in the uh, <laughs> that three six matchup if they fall another three seed again. Oh, look out for an early exit. Number three, I'll have New England. Um, you know Gronkowski back is is a big help. We'll see about the questions on defense, and they've done some interesting things like you know Logan Mankins, their their guard who has been there for so long, trading him to the Buccaneers for a tight end and a draft pick. Mm-hmm. I mean they must really like the guy who's under him. But you know Tom Brady's starting to wane a bit in his play. Uh, we'll see. I mean, New England will be good because it's a it's a weak division in the East, but I'm not sure about them. Indianapolis at four. Uh, Andrew Luck's only getting better. The defense is getting better, uh, and that's also not a strong division as well with the AFC South with Houston, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. I have Kansas City at a five in the wild card. Uh, they played very well last year and really had injuries cripple them. Uh, but you know, Alex Smith is another quarterback with you know getting paid recently, so yeah. Kansas City should be a strong team. And I'll have Houston as a surprise team in the sixth slot. I think. They've made a big difference on their defense. Clowney and Watt, Ugh, look out. Geez. Look out. That's The most important positions on the defense now are on the line, yeah. the defensive end. And you're going to have a motivated team. And the offense has to be better than it was last year. It just has to be. So I was tempted with Pittsburgh. I was tempted maybe Cleveland would sneak in there. But I'm going to go Houston. So Denver, Cincy, New England, Indy. KC and Houston. All right. Uh, for my one seed, I also have the Denver Broncos. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, I think I, I think that that the the, the pick kind of speak, speaks for itself. It's uh, you know going into that Super Bowl, I, I think they were favored. Prob- yeah, probably. Um, you know, they they just they, I think they ran into a team that was much more motivated and. Uh, just better balanced all around. Yeah. Um, the uh, but you know I I think that you know what we saw last season I think that could that offense could actually be better this year than it it's was possible. I have Wes Welker sitting out the first of four games. That's unfortunate for them. Yeah, but uh, they really I, reloaded though. Yeah, I think that they have better depth all around. Um, 
And I think their defense could actually be better. I, yeah. I think that that's that was kind of the the point when when they lost last year. I mean, they just really lost when the offense wasn't moving at all. They they could not stop anybody. They got a lot of free agency talent. They have Von Miller coming back in the linebacking core. Demarcus Ware joins up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a tough defense. Yeah. Um, and then for for the two seed, I actually still have New England. I think that this is kind of the last year where. Um, at least with the the current kind of roster that they have, mm. that I would be putting them in a, like a one, two, three seed yeah. spot. I think that after this, it's going to they're going to have to start adjusting more for the future. Yeah, um, and that, that's not to say anything about you know like Tom Brady's still one of the the better quarterbacks that we've ever seen. Oh yeah, but um, I think that they're going to have to start bringing in more young offensive talent around him. It's very likely that his prime is behind him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you can rely on him to do the same things that he's done. I mean, just crazy comebacks to win games. I don't think that you can rely on that all the time. because yeah, carrying a team. Yeah, everybody eventually, that, that, that they can't do that anymore. It's just, mm. just how it is. Um, and then uh, for the third spot, I have Cincinnati. I, I think that they'll you know win their uh, division. And I, I think that they've had to have made some pretty big adjustments over the offseason for a team that was, you know, in that high spot. I think that mm. they probably had to have made the most adjustments because there was something clearly wrong with them <laughs> doing that game. That should have never happened, and oh, it really yeah. irritated me. Like, <laughs> I, I just, like, I was like, why, like... Why is San Diego, why? Like San Diego of all teams, they should not be here in this position. And yeah. it's be, I think it was more just because Cincinnati just played terrible. Like they did. about as bad as you could. Um and I was having like a nice family dinner while we were like that game was on in the background and <laughs> you could just see me like getting mad. <laughs> um let's see. Uh for the fourth spot I have Indianapolis, still, you know, like Andrew Luck. Um, I think he's going to be good for a long time. Uh, they got some good players around him, and uh, you know, I I think uh, that, that team's kind of where a lot of people thought it would be with him. Like, even though it's like just his first couple of years, uh, yeah, improved definitely, but um, in not reaching the top. That 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 last game was <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that that game was I I think we were. I don't know what was happening. There was something happening during that game. I think maybe I was like editing stuff for Game of the Year or maybe, something like yeah. that. Like during it, and I I can just hear my family like screaming in the background. <laughs> um. So uh, and then for the fifth spot, I I'm actually gonna put Pittsburgh in there. I think okay. that it's after you know a couple years of you know their season's not going the way they wanted to because basically they lost one game or something like that right um i i think or the, field goals were missed <laughs> yeah yeah that too other teams doing things um i think that uh i think that they'll return to the playoffs this year um and i i don't necessarily think it will be too hard i think that the i think the a lot of the problems people have with them is their defense is getting older and like who are they bringing in to you know let the older guys rest like 
you know, what what kind of players are they bringing in for that? Because everybody's talking about the offense, and they think it's going to be really good. So um, Shazier had a good preseason. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, if you look at their schedule, they um, don't really have too many games out west or anything like that. Um, mm, a lot of eastern games, and a lot of their big games are at home too. So um, yeah, good and, and, stats, good stats. Yeah, um, the uh, and then for my sixth team, I think. Um, I actually thought about Kansas City too, um, because I really like them. Um, it's just that I actually think that all around the AFC is going to be better, which is good because I I don't like to see the AFC kind of struggle or have just like mm. one or two teams that are really good. Right. Um, but I'm gonna go with Houston. I okay. I just I love that combo on their defensive front. Yeah. You have two guys that can change the game. Like oh, yeah. I mean. Literally, J.J. Watt's been doing that in the NFL. And, and Clowney, I mean, you know, we haven't really seen what he can do yet, but I think that he's going to make a Im- big impact. I think is the the problem is if you try and double-team him, mm. then... J.J.'s coming. I, yeah, exactly. You, you can't <laughs> do that. So I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to double-team J.J. Watt a lot, and Clowney's going to get a lot of sacks to start the season. Mm. Um so that that'll be fun to watch to see the sack competition between them, um, and uh, I just I think they're going to be better. I don't think that they're going to have interceptions thrown every yeah. other play. That's right. you know that that doesn't happen all the time. It was like it was like some kind of interception competition between him and Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's my six teams. No, very possible. Keep in mind, we make our picks separate of each other. So any similarities are by chance. And if we think similarity, similarly, which has happened before, Coach of the Year, I have Bill O'Brien from Houston. I think you know the improvement from worst to a playoff spot is going to help his case there. Offensive Rookie of the Year, give me Johnny Football. It's it's a tough year for offensive rookies, and you know not too many players to make that impact. And now I have to look up this Green Bay running back because he won it last year. And it's going to bother me. Eddie Lacy. I knew it was like a C ending. Yeah. Eddie Lacy, uh, running back from Oregon. He had like the dreadlocks. And- yep, yep, yep. He, so he won that last year. and He's, He was that angry runner that was running over, um, mm-hmm. what's his name, in the championship game. Uh, Manti Teo. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So... I'm going to go Johnny Football. I think, you know, Brian Horry's going to play a couple games. Browns are going to lose. The fans are going to get vocal. Bring in Johnny Manziel. He'll come in. He'll play well. Not get the Browns to a playoff spot, but play well enough. And I don't see too many of the rookies making a huge impact. I I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a good year in New Orleans, but as a wide receiver, uh, I think he's from LSU. But, you know, not enough for a a big uh, award like that. And then MVP, I have Drew Brees. Quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I think they have a big year. Um, for the coach of the year, I'm going to go with uh, Chip Kelly. Mm, good choice. I, good I think choice. that uh, I think that people will be very impressed with with the, the the type of offense that he puts together and and how they're able to run it. You know, even in the NFL, when there's a lot of people that questioned, uh, you know, could he? Could he make some kind of offense that could 
could work well. And yeah. um, I think that he, he's brought in the players that can do what he wants them to do. And I think they'll have a lot of success. And again, and I think in that division that uh, I have a lot of questions about, I think that they'll be solid enough to put up like just crazy numbers that 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 everyone will be talking about all right. the time. So um with the offensive rookie, I thought about Sammy Watkins just because he can do a lot. You right. know, like uh, I mean that's the reason that I went with Tavon last year cuz I was like, yeah, well if they don't throw the ball to him a lot, he can return kicks and stuff. So, you know, you can do the same thing with him. He's just a bigger body. Um but I think I'm actually go with Blake Bortles. Okay. Uh, just because I think that he's going to, you know, he's going to play a lot, <laughs> and he's going he's to. He's not starting right now, I don't think, but he'll probably come in. Soon. No, I, I think that he eventually will. Um, oh, it's the same thing with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is getting the start out in Oakland. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I thought about those two, but I, I think that I think he's eventually going to take over, and um, I don't know. Like I, I feel like he can have success. Like even this year, um, I just think it's going to be about how much they're going to need him out on the field just to even keep up with anybody. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, so I think that in his first year, he he could be successful and stuff. It might not convert to you know wins, but I think that um, I think he'll definitely make an impact on that team. And I and I think that that's kind of what it's about. It, it's almost less about numbers now and like what you can actually do. So. All right. Then your MVP. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I, okay. I think I think that uh, you know now that he's back and once we start getting into like really getting into the season, I think that where he goes is where the Packers go. And obviously, since I picked them them third, and you know, in that seeding, I think that he's going to be able to take them pretty far. Um, because I don't know, it's just if I look at the past uh, and, and what he's done in the past, he can literally, you know, throw for five hundred yards like every game, yeah. and it's like nothing. So I, I don't know. I think that. Uh, and if, I think if he does that, then he's, he'll clearly win his, just by his stats alone. So. Yeah. See, I think that's what Drew Brees is going to do. And Aaron Rodgers is off to a tough start, so we'll see if they bounce back. Yeah. Now, for the Super Bowl and our predictions for that, two years ago, I said that the San Francisco 49ers would beat the Baltimore Ravens. Well, Baltimore beat San Francisco, but, you know, details, details. Last year... I said the Denver Broncos would beat the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, well, Seattle beat Denver, whatever, whatever. It's just it's the other way around. Though you, my friend Joel, got that right on the money. So kudos, kudos to you. Well, my my sister, my younger sister was kind of angry with me because she lives out there in Denver. And, and she was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm rooting for the Broncos. But I'm like, you know, I mean, I won't be too upset if they lose. Because <laughs> then my prediction is right. And she was mad at me about it. So. <laughs> oh, the ties that bind. So this year. And I know I've heard from a couple people saying like they want to put money on what I pick. Do not do that. No. Please do not do that. I don't want that kind of pressure. <laughs> it will not be a third time a charm, I can assure you. But if it is... I have the New Orleans Saints beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, man. 
this year. I think returning to the Super Bowl is a very difficult thing to do. If there is a team to do that since, you know, the New England Patriots, you know, for 2003, 2000, 2004, and they did back-to-back years. If there is a team to do that, I think it is Seattle. Now, I don't want to go on the bandwagon since we're recording this after the first, you know, Thursday night game of the year where Seattle was very impressive. I think if New Orleans has a good enough season that they pass Seattle in the NFC and get the home field advantage... I'll take the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to give that advantage to beat Seattle in a playoff game. That's what I'm banking on here. Because otherwise, you could write off a Seattle repeat. As far as Denver, I think you may have injuries play a factor. It's been nearly 40 years since a team that lost the Super Bowl came back to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You could easily see a rematch of the Super Bowl this year. These two teams are strong enough. The NFC is loaded. The AFC, some very strong teams. And I have you know Cincinnati with the injuries behind them finally getting those playoff what was out of their system to you know get a new face there in the Super Bowl. So yeah, my pick, 30 in a row. We'll see how it goes. New Orleans defeating Cincinnati. Though by that, that, that means that if that's all right, then Cincinnati's going to win because... Then the loser of my Super Bowl predictions the past couple years has ended up winning, so go figure. Uh, and then my Super Bowl MVP would be Drew Brees. All right. Um, let's see. I have the... <laughs> I have the same teams playing. Really? Yeah. So you're just saying buck the history trend... These two teams are good enough. They'll get back there, no problem. I have Denver beating Seattle. There you go. You got to mix it up. In the uh, 2015 Super Bowl. Super Bowl um, 49. I mean, and, I mean, who's going to be the MVP of that game if, if that's the case? It's Peyton. Yeah, and... Uh, if Peyton okay. wins a Super Bowl, he's got to go right out in the sunset. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 I think that's more like me uh, trying to craft the perfect ending. Yeah. More than anything else. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, that would be cool. That would legitimately be a cool way to go out. I think it would. So. Um, yeah, Michael Strahan do that last. I think I think Peyton has two years left in him. Yeah. I mean, but and, if he gets that Super Bowl. Yeah. It's gonna be appetizing. Uh, that was me, like when I when it came down to it, like I was looking at them and everything, and I was like, that was me, like more looking back at last year and thinking, like, oh man, like I'm trying to, like, would he have? I, I don't think he would have. No. If, um, but I I was thinking about this year, and I was like, I think if he wins it this year, he's this year he might say goodbye. Possibility. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then he can go to watch his brother play. So there you go. Hmm. All right, let's recap. Last week in college football at the first week, very quickly we had Ohio State at Navy, plus 16.5. Ohio State, you know, they were playing Navy pretty close early. You know, Navy with that triple option, all the, the rushing attack causing some trouble. Ohio State a little slow to get the offense started. They pour out on the points late. 34-17, they cover the spread. Oh, just barely. That was my only prediction correct. I went one for six this week. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. 
UCLA at Virginia plus 21. UCLA wins 28-20. Three of those touchdowns, defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Brett uh, Hundley. Not having, having the best start there, I, Brett Hundley. I, yeah, I was, I was at a pizza place watching this. And uh, mm. really good pizza, by the way. Oh, yeah? Uh, you want to give a local shout-out? Well, uh, it's the, um, the Mountain State Brewery. Okay. Um, so they, they, they brew their own beer, and they, they made a place up here. It's actually um, located in a different part of the state, like the original brewery. But um, they have something called Fire on the Mountain. It's got chipotle sauce on it, um, sausage, and pepperoni, and hot peppers. And, oh, wow. man, like, it'll light you up. Like, ah. like no doubt, but it's delicious. Um, it'll so light you off like if, a safety coming across the middle. Yeah, you know, when they do those, uh, what is it, on Thursday nights or something where the guys come to the town and eat the local food. I can't remember what his name is, the one announcer guy for college mm. football. But oh, that's where uh, I, that's, Todd Blackledge. That's one of the places I would send him because Todd that, Blackledge, yeah. Really good. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they just, I, I, I don't know. Like, if it wasn't for one one of those defensive touchdowns, I think they would have lost the game. Like, I, it just, I could not believe it. So, we know that they're, they have players on defense that can run. <laughs> so, that's one thing we know. Yeah. Um, and, like, good on them for, you know, make, taking advantage, but their offense should be way better. Like, of Virginia is not going to, you know, make noise in the ACC. So, it's just very strange. Yeah, and so if we're picking against the spread, those who picked Virginia would get that point. And, and Navy's going to be pretty good this year. They are going to be pretty good. In their independent standing. West Virginia Mountaineers at Alabama, minus 26. Good on your Mountaineers there. Keeping the game close, 33-23. Uh, could have upset Alabama. Yeah, I mean, there were a few drop passes... Uh, if there's one I think thing you're, about, being, you're being generous by saying only a few. <laughs> okay, there were probably like six or seven. Um, and the and critical if, third if down not drops, for th- too. that, then like, he probably would have almost had a like 90% completion percentage. Mm. Um, you know, Clint came out, played, I mean, probably as well as he could. Um, and uh, Kevin White's going to be ridiculous this year like mm. he 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 was not even close to that size last year he, he put on so much muscle um uh we have receivers that can make insane catches and then drop like the easiest <laughs> like, yeah that's i mean it's like right in your hands and you, you drop it um, and they're and, jumping backwards falling on their back and, and then it lands there <laughs> we had a, f- a few of the most questionable calls i've ever seen in a big game like mm. i just could not believe I there there was a call that I have never seen before. Oh yeah, what game, was that one? I, I was where watching that game their too. quarterback was running out of bounds, and you know from his momentum <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ran yeah, yeah. into one of our players, and because our player put his hands up to shield himself, they mm. called a like a sideline infraction personal foul. Total bullshit. Which I agree is with you. It was and then insane. there was a phantom pass interference penalty where they were like nudging each other down the field, like just barely touching, skimming skin against each other. Mm-hmm. The ball was way down the field; no one was going to catch it, anyways. And and then there was another time where they spotted the ball a yard back, and then when they went to do the change, they moved the ball up a yard and gave them the first down. Mm. Like 
clearly in front of everybody. <laughs> so I, See, I, I just have... seeing the picture though that you had with the still, like, and it looked like the ball was. It looked like one of those things where, yeah, people can try calling balls and strikes if they want to from the, fir- the first baseline, but it's not going to be accurate. Yeah. Though if I, they were moving it a yard, mm, it, mm. no, it just it it was an ACC crew, and uh, you know I I have some bad history with the ACC just from some of the like dumb conference moves they've pulled in the past and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, it just seemed really bad for a cl- like a close game more than anything. That's the thing that made it worse than more worse than anything else. So yeah, we could have made some catches. We probably would have beat them. And uh, so I really don't know what to say about Alabama at this point because I don't know. We didn't make a bowl game last year. That's the one thing that like I tried to remind everybody. You look to play. They look to play better though. Yeah, and I I think that we'll be a lot better. Our offense looks great. Like Mm -hmm. I mean, we went up and down the field. We even ran the ball against them in the first half, which I didn't think we could do. And uh, so yeah, interesting to see and. I think the Big 12 is going to be really good because, uh, you know, obviously we'll talk about it here in a second too, but there were some other Big 12 teams that played mm, very well yeah. against top-level teams in the country. Absolutely. So, yeah, Alabama kind of disappointed a little bit even though they come out with the win. you got to feel good as a moral victory there for playing that team close, though. Yeah. Clemson at Georgia, minus 7.5. UGA just stomped them, 45-21. Yeah. Oh. Did not think that was going to happen. We are all girly men. <laughs> yeah, it was the Todd Gurley show for sure. Uh, he was very, very impressive. An early Heisman candidate for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's like everybody's, after the first week, he's like everybody's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida State at Oklahoma State, plus 18. Uh, FSU had some struggles here with the Cowboys. They had to pull it out late, you know, Jameis Winston with... You know, Heisman quality plays down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, and that that's that was kind of what I was thinking, like, or, you know, when we did the preseason thing. I was like, they're going to need him to play well right away. Mm-hmm. You know, Oklahoma State is not Pitt. They have <laughs> so. a tough schedule. I mean, when you're factoring in Florida, and I think they have Notre Dame in there as well. Like, it's... It'll be a tougher schedule than you know, definitely last year for sure. Yeah, and I, I think Oklahoma. A lot of people were kind of down on them. I'm not really. I'm still not really sure why, but I think they'll do pretty well. You know, it. That'll be a tough game when we play them. Mm. So. FSU 37 to Oklahoma State 31. Wisconsin at LSU minus five. Wisconsin leading most of the game, and LSU just is that depth on their team. In LSU in the Bayou, mountain to come back 28-24. Does not cover the spread, so Wisconsin technically would be with the point there for prediction's sake against the spread. Two, two different halves. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Fresno State at USC for the extra point. USC minus 22. They cover easily 52-13. They look good. They did look good despite all of their uh, inner team struggles. with. We, we will know how out. good they are by the end of this week. Yes, we will. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, my... Pick for the team that I represent with the University of Michigan Wolverines. They were hosting Appalachian State. Oh, you know, like 2007 that the <laughs> crew liked to remind it almost every time coming back from the commercial. Uh, I don't know why you schedule Appalachian State again. I think it's a mistake. What do you gain if you stop them? Like, it doesn't change 2007. Oh, good. You beat them 
when they're now in the FBS and the Sun Belt and they're not the you know two-time or three-time defending FCS champions like they were in 2007. Oh, good. Oh, good. You stomped them 52 to 14. Congratulations. You covered the 34 and a half point spread like I didn't think they were going to do. Uh, I'm glad Michigan got off to a win. You know they started to run the ball well. It's against you know shoddy or competition, so doesn't say much about the weakness of the offensive line and the the power running game. But you have uh, Devin Funches, the Big Ten, you know, top tet, uh, tight end last year, mm-hmm. converting to wide receiver. He's wearing the number one, which is a big deal in Michigan because that's reserved for legends, like the top wide receiver getting the number one. Like that's <laughs> legends division. That, <laughs> that, that's a thing, <laughs> and apparently that happened at the the right before the game. So he got three touchdowns in yeah, like nice. the first half. So hopefully, you know, the, is that is the Notre Dame thing going to become like an every is that are they still going to be scheduled every year? This is the last year for Michigan at Notre Dame. Okay. So So the, hopefully they're working on that schedule so they don't have to play more Appalachian States and teams like that. You'd hope. You'd hope. I mean they have, you know, I think future matchups with I mean, they the, announced the playoffs, one Washington. The playoffs dictate you play strong schedule. That is exactly why Florida State's playing that schedule, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michigan set up, you know, different matchups against, you know, Utah and Washington and teams out west uh, to try to diversify the out-of-conference. But then you had Notre Dame just announced this week that in, you know, 2022 and 2023, they're uh, playing Ohio State instead of Michigan. So they're doing it home-and-home with them. So we'll see what happens there. Um, And then, yeah, for your picks, you had the extra point. Of Fresno State and USC, so you went three and four. Uh, you know, good start. You know, getting better. I went one and six. That's embarrassing. I was, I was so close. I'm like, oh, please not zero oh, and seven. Don't start the year like that. Then Ohio State covers the spread by half a point. That would be like my NCAA bracket, which is <laughs> screwing up the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But let's make the picks for this week. It starts with Oklahoma in their first game. They go to Tulsa, plus twenty four and a half. You gotta give it to the Sooners. The Sooners are gonna roll right over them. Not even close. One of the few Big Twelve quarterbacks that's still like okay. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Um, yeah, I, I think that they'll they'll. What I don't even know what the it's like a wagon. What is the Sooner boom, <laughs> boomer scooter. boomer Sooner. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And that'll be uh, that'll be Sunday at noon Eastern. Yeah, definitely. USC at Stanford minus two and a half. This is a, this is a big early Pac-12 showdown. Who do you like in this one? <sighs> this is hard. <laughs> I like. I think if USC wouldn't have played so well the first week, I think it would have been easier. Mm. But um, they both, you know, both replacing a lot of ta- Stanford more so replacing. Uh, great offensive linemen. And, oh yeah, uh, a few defensive players. Um, so I, I think we'll kind of see how good Stanford is, depending on like how what the score is at the end of the game. Kind of right. Even though they're they're not really the team that impresses you in that way, they they more just kind of beat up the other team and then win however they can. Um, and I think they kind of play the level. Of whoever they're playing, too. Right. So, um, I still think Stanford will win at home. Okay. Um, and and for that, like, again, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Um, 
just kind of i think that's kind of the pace that stanford wants anyways Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least that's how it's been in the past. They might be a little bit different. But um, I still like Stanford at home. If USC can go out there and win, that would be really impressive. It would be. So you're taking Stanford in the two and a half? Um, yes. Yeah. So am I. I think Stanford gets by a field goal at the end, just barely covers, and it'll be a close game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see USC win. Mm-hmm. But I, I like Stanford's more stability on the lines to kind of dictate that game. In the SEC, Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Plus 20 and a half at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. The uh, USC-Stanford game, if you want to watch, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. But 4.30 for this SEC matchup. And I'll take Ole Miss to win, but they won't cover the spread. I think Vanderbilt's better. And we showed last year, Vanderbilt's a little better than you give them credit for. I think Ole Miss rated a little highly this year. You know, they're a ranked team this year, but I think it's ranked a little much. I don't see them covering three touchdowns. It feels like a lot in these two it's, SEC teams. It's the, the Bo Wallace hype, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I, people, are, people are, like, going crazy about that guy. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I'll take Vanderbilt in the, <laughs> the pick for the spread, but Ole Miss to win the game. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same. Um I think people are just expecting Old Miss. Everyone's loves their offense. Uh, mm. They're just crazy about it, and um, I think that uh, I don't really think they're going to just go up and down the field. And I think even if they do, I don't. I'm not really too high on their defense. Um, I, I think I think that'll be more evident once they start playing some of the higher ech- echelon teams in their in their division. Right. Um, and then the other good teams in the SEC. Um, but, uh, I, again, if, if they do come out and, and stomp Vanderbilt, which I guess a lot of people think they will, um, then that, you know, that will get hype up for some of the big games that they have later. But um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, mm-hmm. especially early on in the year. Right, right. Michigan State at Oregon. Minus 11.5. Big top 10 matchups. The ESPN College Game Day location in Eugene. 6.30 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be one of the biggest games of the week. Mm-hmm. Who do you like when this it comes is, to the points? This is like the Stanford, Oregon 1.0. USC, yeah. <laughs> or 2.0. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think that... I think that it's almost as if Oregon scheduled this game to prepare for Stanford or something because you, you people draw so many comparisons to the two schools and the way they play between Michigan State and Stanford, especially when they, when they played each other. It was like, you know. Um, <laughs> Very true. But you also had uh, Alabama back out of a home-and-home home with Michigan State, and maybe Nick Saban was seeing a developing program there in East Lansing. Yeah. Um, they got a good coach. Um, and, uh, you know, I saw that when, when he was at Cincinnati, like he mm, yep. definitely he can recruit and make, make players, make players into NFL players, which is exactly what he does. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I still, you know, we talk about our preseason predictions and where I put Oregon. I think that it's one of those games where, you know, it might be close early. It might take Oregon a while to figure out where exactly they can run on them and the other thing is they 
I think Oregon's going to throw the ball a lot more mm-hmm. than than we're used to, um, just because you know so many years in that offense, he's he's definitely has full control over it and what he can do with it. So um, I think Michigan's going to try and stop them from running the ball, and I think he's just going to throw over the top of them. Uh, they've they've got talent everywhere on the field, and I think their defense is even better than it was last year. Um, so not, not to say, you know, anything bad about Michigan state. I just think that Oregon's kind of on a different level as a whole team. Uh, I think it would have been interesting to see like last year's Michigan state team play mm, yeah. last year's Oregon team. But I think this year, I think Oregon's kind of on a different level than them. Playing in the game in Eugene definitely helps too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly possible that Oregon could run away with it and cover that 11 and a half point spread. It's going to say a lot about how far Michigan State has come. We know that Oregon is an elite program. They're always near the top mm-hmm. for the past several years. Like, they're an elite program right now. If Michigan State keeps the game close, mm-hmm. it's going to say a lot for their potential chances oh, no, if yeah. they sneak in you know, to the playoff at the end of the year. Because if they play it close, they could certainly run the table in the Big Ten. If they beat Oregon, watch out. This team might go undefeated. Um, I, I think that the, I think that the the it would be huge for the Big Ten more than anything. Like, absolutely, because I think there are other teams in the, uh, you know, I, I I think that right now the way when I look at Ohio State, I don't think that they're a playoff team. Like they just don't right, look no, no. like one mm-hmm. to me. They don't really pass that eye test and. More important, the eye test is more important now than it has ever been, ever. With the committee, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, our, our athletic director's on it, and they, they go to all these games. Andrew's to, to dad. Watch, to watch, Mr. Luck. Uh, to watch all these different games and kind of like see where the teams rank. So each week, like, you're kind of positioning yourself. So style mm-hmm. points, big thing. You know, I... Teams like Oregon thrive on that. They love to see teams score tons of Pile points, on the points yes, yep. that kind of thing. And you'll, I think you'll see that more. All I think you'll see teams just beating on other teams more this year than in the past. Um, so I, I think this game would be like huge, like like giant for not just Michigan State but for them. So um, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to beat them. But I think they could definitely keep it close at least for most of the game. And that's um, what I think is going to happen. I think Oregon's going to win the game. I think Michigan, Sk- Michigan-, <laughs> Skate. <laughs> Michigan Skate. State, I think, is going to keep it very close. Uh, you know, within Detroit a touchdown. Within a touchdown. But Oregon wins at home. going to be a very good game. Yeah. Definitely watch it. Another game you should watch, Michigan. Michigan Wolverines at Notre Dame for the last time. Under the lights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Three and a half. The Irish are favored at home. Minus three and a half. I'm going to take Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think they need a game like this. They generally do not do well under the Brady Hoke era of you know playing games against teams that are you know ranked or good teams. They don't do well on the road. It's like 1-11, something like that. But I think they are they are angry about the Notre Dame you know, canceling the series on them to go then play Ohio State. It's going to be some motivation. I, I like what I saw last week. 
I think the players, you know, missing from Notre Dame's team with the different academic violations, that's going to hurt. And I'll take the Wolverines to upset the Irish. Do you think with Golson there that it'll be a like a thriller? Kind of. Mm. Do you think they have the offense? It always seems to be a thriller yeah. against these teams. Like they <laughs> you just remember a couple years ago with up and down the field they go, and then you know Devin, or Denard Robinson to Roy Roundtree. Yeah, and then uh, and then I remember like back and forth the interceptions go. Like yeah, that was <laughs> that, that was, was insane. Two years ago, <laughs> that was two years ago, and that was rough. Yeah, like what was it? Four in a row or something? Mm, like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That was <sighs> what in the world? Denard Robinson. Um, the uh, yeah, I you know I think it'll be a good game. I think Michigan will pull it out. Um, I I don't I don't necessarily think that it'll be close in the fourth quarter though. Interesting. I kind of feel like uh, just overall Michigan has much more talent. Mm. Um, and, and I think that'll become evident by the end of the game. They need, need, need a game against one of their three rivals. Michigan State, I'm not seeing it. Ohio State would be very difficult. Need to get one against Notre Dame. Got to do it. Would you Would you rather them like lose other games and then somehow pull off a win? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like play awful against awful teams and then like beat an insanely good Michigan State team. Yeah. Yeah, because it's to a point where you've, they've lost so much recently against Michigan State, against Ohio State, that getting one would be good. It would I think be so I think frustrating. I think that's the other thing to talk about that Oregon Michigan State game. If Michigan State just gets shellacked, mm. I could. I don't like, think it. I don't think it says how bad of a team Michigan State is. I think it shows how good of a team Oregon is. Yeah, but I think that it could affect them. Like I think they could get in their heads. Like, oh man, like uh, I don't know about that. Like you know, even if we do get in the playoffs, what are we gonna do against this team? Like, I, I wouldn't give him you know that little credit. I think D'Antonio runs a tight ship, and I think it just it'll speak to how good Oregon is this year. All right. Which you have them winning the national championship, so there you go. One of these years they'll do it. Yeah, you just gotta keep picking them every year. Virginia Tech at Ohio State in the toilet bowl. I mean, in the horseshoe or whatever. That that stadium is. It looks like a toilet bowl. Come on, minus eleven. What? Well, I'm not. I a think that's a good Michigan place f- for both those teams to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's our most hated rivals. What? Well, I'm not a Michigan fan. What are you talking about? <laughs> minus eleven, eight p.m. Eastern as well. What do you think takes this one? Um, can they tie? <laughs> can they both lose? <laughs> yes. Um. Uh. I mean, seriously. I think. I- Again, I, I'm kind of questioning Ohio State right now, but I, what I mean, what exactly have we seen from Virginia Tech to tell us that they can go to Ohio State and win? Exactly. Like, I, and just it's still, you know, for even though we might not like Irvin Meyer for certain reasons, he's still a good coach on the field. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that he'll have them ready after after they've worked out whatever it is that they had against Navy because yeah. the game was close for a while um, at the very least ohio state will pile on the points late so i'm taking ohio state as well yeah you got everyone's got to pile on the points this year that is the that is the theme for college football mm. this year pile on the points blow make, out make it in gotta make it in we're in uh, <laughs> who's in 
like that commercial. And then I think of Sarikuchi. Get in the pool, man. Then I think Sarikuchi has who's in. Oh, that's a show me news reference from back in the day. Way back. Extra point for both of our teams. I I mean, I would have said, you know, West Virginia going to Towson or Towson going to West, whichever it is. But there's no line. Vegas just doesn't give a shit. It's a night game, Mountaineer Field. Everyone's going to be so drunk that it doesn't matter. <laughs> so who cares about a line? Exactly. We're both picking the extra point this week. Maybe you are too. It's BYU at Texas, plus that's, one and a half. That's an interesting game, though, if yeah. you think about last year. Oh, yeah. But but this year, Charlie Strong is going mm. to... Texas is going to kill them, I think. Really? Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think they are. I first wanted to pick Texas, but then I remember BYU and their rushing attack and their defense, and that helps win ball games. So I'll take BYU in this one. I, I think Charlie Strong is going to suit up. He's going to get out there on the field. Going to make all that's the tackles. the home game. <laughs> He's got to make a statement. Yeah. Just like uh, we didn't put this in the the quick hits, but Michael Sam signed the the practice squad of the Cowboys. Yep. Look at that, Texas. America's, Getting a little less, America's team. A little less conservative there. Like, Good for you, Texas. Good for you, state. Well done. NFL Week 1. It's New Orleans at Atlanta starting it off at 1 p.m. Eastern. Plus 3. The Saints are favored by a field goal. And I'll take the, the Saints. I mean, I got them as my Super Bowl champions. Might as well get them off to a hot start covering that you know, field goal spread against the Falcons. Win the Saints. <laughs> um, Who that? Yeah, I'm going to go with New Orleans as well. Uh, I think that they're going to have a pretty awesome year. Um, and uh, I think Atlanta is still going to be like the Atlanta of last year. Interesting. I think they'll be a little better, but still oh, I mean, not in this the best game. in the division. Okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cleveland at Pittsburgh, minus 7 at 1 p.m. Eastern at Heinz Field. How are the Steelers going to do, Joel? Um, I think they're going to do pre- I think they're going to start off uh, pretty hot in this first game. Um, it, could, it could be one of those, uh, you know, put in the backups in the fourth quarter games. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I just think that it, there's... There's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement around this, and I, and I think it's kind of the first game where you can actually like show off all the stuff that you've been working on the off season. I I, I don't really think it's going to be close. I I don't really I don't know. I really just haven't. Besides Johnny knowing that Johnny Manziel's there, I have not followed all of the moves that the Browns have made to know like how much better of a roster they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I still think that there's a gap in talent there between those two teams. Interesting. I think the defense in Cleveland keeps it close. Pittsburgh wins, but they don't cover the spread. So I'm taking the Browns in that one. I think it's just more low scoring in general. Uh, you know, Don't write out the Browns. This I, year. Think I, think if it, have... I think if it was at Cleveland, I would definitely mm. say that. Interesting. I think Cleveland's going to have something like a 7-9 or nine, mm-hmm. a 7-9 season this year i think they'll be better how at what point since everybody probably wants to know at what point in the season do you think there could be a possible switch they're gonna go like one and three and then they'll put in johnny manzel and they'll have a better year but they won't make the playoffs all right that's my my pick and then 
I don't think he'll necessarily light it up, but the team will play better enough to win. Because mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure about Johnny Manziel succeeding, per se, in the NFL. Excuse me. But we'll at least get the media circus. Mm, sure will. Mm-hmm. Sure will. I think Michael Sam is definitely going to make that Cowboys team. Oh, yeah. How weak they are at the end. Mm-hmm. Washington at Houston, minus three, also at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Give me the Texans. I'm not sure the offensive line at Washington is about to handle what the defensive front for the Texans is about to bring onto them. Watch out, RG3. I wonder if they're going to like come up with a nickname for those two guys. <laughs> like, I don't know, like maybe like a play on their names or something. I'm not really sure. I mean... Something like, about electricity with watts and then clowning clown, fools. <laughs> clowning, like, electric clown boogaloo. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I got JJ Davey. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely got to go with them. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to watch those two guys be on the field at the same time. So yeah. um, definitely be tuning into that. That game at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Yes, sir. San Francisco at Dallas, plus four and a half. So you get the 49ers favored by four and a half. 425 Eastern Time. Only a couple games at four. Yeah. What do you think? I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. So will I. I think the Dallas <laughs> defense is just not good at all, and Kaepernick's going to run over them. You know, passes to Vernon Davis, you know, tight posts, deep posts. I think it's not close. Sorry, those fans of the Cowboys. Indianapolis Colts at Denver Broncos, minus 7.5 at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Peyton Manning's going to light it up. Indianapolis is a good team, like a pretty good defense, but Denver's going to show, you know, what they've been working on, and it hasn't been a preseason for Peyton Manning. Then taking it easy, and then he lets it all out against his former team in Mile High. That's going to help him as well. I think they covered the 7.5. <laughs> when you said light up, now I got that light it up song stuck uh, up. Not only that, but I was, I was like, were you thinking marijuana there? Or? <laughs> it is in Colorado. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. This this game was really interesting last year when they played. Yeah. Because everybody thought Denver was going to roll, and then. That's right. You know, Andy came in and just crushed them. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Denver. You know, home game out there. You got the elevation. It is always a factor. Yes, it is. Uh, in the kicking game and your conditioning. But they won't have Prater. Yeah, so, definitely. That'll be interesting. Um, but I think, you know, we'll get to see the, the tweaks that they've made to the offense in the offseason. And, um, you know, who's going to... Who's going to fill that spot now that, you know, Welker's out for a while? Right. Um, they have deep talent, though, wide receivers. So oh, it's, no, yeah, it's going to be. I think it'll, and no a tight end. There. Oh, yeah. Julian Thomas. And it's Monday night in Detroit when the New York football giants come in to take on the Detroit Lions. Minus five and a half at 7.10 p.m. Eastern because they have the two Monday night football games. Mm-hmm. Oh, very interesting. What do you think of this one, Joel? Um, I think I like Detroit at home. Um, you know, you were saying that their offense looks to be much improved. 
Mm-hmm. And um, if, if this this has to be the year for Matt Stafford, he has so many weapons around him. Yeah, you know, I think the key is keeping him upright and healthy. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think as long as they can protect him, uh, we know that they've got people to throw to. Um, and then you know they can you know find ways to run the ball too. Doesn't necessarily have to be inside. Just you know, find people in space too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that they, I think I can cover that spread at home against the Giants. Yeah, Detroit by a touchdown. Uh, you know, New York's trying to add their own little offense and no huddle and all that. I don't know how successful that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Detroit does not have the best defense, especially in the secondary. But I think they can cause enough pressure up front to kind of break up whatever offense the Giants are going to try to do. And I think Detroit's offense is just going to be too much. Too many options. I Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate. You know, in the backfield you have Reggie Bush to swing out. You have Joyke Bell who can run between the tackles. You have your tight ends. I mean, you pick Eric Ebron, a tight end at the tenth overall pick. You better pan out. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so they have they have a lot of options to throw to, and uh, I think this has to be the year for Matt Stafford with a. I have one in the division. They got to start somewhere. They got to win. What, wasn't there a Matt Stafford commercial? With yeah. the uh, the bulldog eating, he like threw something out of the refrigerator into the trash, and then the bulldog comes over and like yeah. pokes it out of the trash, trash mm-hmm. and starts eating it. He's had a few commercials, and yeah, they even had one with like the Bridgestone tire tread, or whatever, trying to throw the football and can't because the the grip is so good. I don't know. He's he's been trying. Good for him. All right, I think that's all I have to cover for this episode. A lot of stuff to talk about, but it always is a, is a bigger episode when we have our prediction specials to talk about. You have Denver beating Seattle. I have New Orleans beating Cincinnati. Please don't put any money on either oh, of geez. these picks. Please. We don't want to feel guilty for that because... I mean, it, we're just lucky. Yeah, I think that's all it was last year. Because... I think luck is more important than, like, anything in the playoffs. <laughs> you can tell that to Indianapolis, because exactly. luck is very important I, in that city. I'm not trying to say anything, wink, <laughs> wink, but... Um, well, enjoy the first week of NFL Sunday. Get that Red Zone channel. You won't regret it. I know different uh, cable packages are trying to offer their sports deals for, you know, cheap. Once you go red zone, oh my you won't go back. Like, it is it is the way, the truth, it's like, the light. It'll be it'll be the night game before you realize it, because you just wasted the whole day in front of the TV. Because commercial, that's free, how awesome it is. One o'clock until the NBC night game, and then you watch that. It is yeah, with commercials. If you if you have a fantasy team, it's perfect. Um, You've seen all the big plays. It, it goes it goes around. Sometimes they talk about that too. It, it's it's you need it. You got to get it. Yeah, I, wish, I wish they would like. I wish they would like advertise with us or something. Yeah, get a little sponsorship. Exactly. Peter and Joel recommend that Bill <laughs> Red Zone. Oh boy. <laughs> well, with that, I'm Peter, and I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. It's NFL season. <laughs>